this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. This call is being recorded. Well, we have 99 people on the line. I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for having relationship with you, God. I want to thank you that you brought us all here tonight. Uh, And God, I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to to not only dive into your word, but get to know you better. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask for you to minister to each and every one of us, to help us to receive the word that you have for us tonight, to help us to have clarity, because you are not a God who brings confusion, but brings clarity. I want to thank you for uh, Prophet here. Um, And God, I want to thank you for Pastor as well, and everybody who's here. May everybody also be safe tonight um and uh that we would have a blessed weekend and a following week and thank you for coming to to meet with us in jesus name amen amen now i have a wonderful question for everyone um how many had an opportunity to uh, do do their homework. I don't know what the homework was, so if you could elaborate. Oh, well, for those for those who were on, okay, not to put not to put you in anything, sir. No, no, no you're fine. I did. I only heard one person. I did mine. Okay. Me too. I'm just driving. It's Chandelin. Oh, okay, Chandelin. Anyone else? I may have done it, but I just, I have to remind me of the question. I, I wasn't right. I didn't write it down last week. Oh, okay. It, okay. In, in in simple in simple context was the the question was to believe so we can begin actually operating or utilizing the knowledge that has been given out over these past Fridays um, since we're in we're walking in uh, chapter six of Ephesians and uh, we're exploring 13 going into 14 and we were admonished and encouraged by the holy spirit through pastor last week um we're gathering a whole lot of knowledge but how can we practically use it especially for things that we may be facing let's say in our everyday life it could be work life it could be shopping life it could be entertainment life uh it could be work life or it could just be leisure life but uh, we would be facing something 
and wondering why we have to come back to it again and again and again, and it becomes a repetitious type thing. And um, so the homework was to get along with the Holy Spirit and ask him to show you a fear as something in an area. It doesn't have to be drastic, but an area where fear is holding you back. And then to begin to uh, ask him to direct you in a way so that that fear can be put down, literally put out of your life. Um, and, and I said I asked that for a reason um, because in my short studies this week, um, the Lord brought back to me a simple pattern that's in the Bible. So the reason I asked how many did it is um, I think seriously the Lord wants us to put application to what we're learning um, in the, in a very basic way so that it could jumpstart us to move forward even more. Because he, he's, he's not caring for us to be stuck in any one place, any one area in our life, or anything that appears or tries to trouble us because our mind goes, not again, or why does this always have these little questions that we happen to ask? Um, but see, the writer, Mr. Paul, he is an involved writer. That is, he's not just writing because someone asks him a question and he's responding. He's involved because he's literally lived it. And so he's not writing from head knowledge. He's writing from practical application. He gives us a lot because he analyzes, but he's doing that for the purposes of comparing. And so I would also want those who uh, are on the line to understand that the Lord wants us to not just learn his word, but to walk it out. And he is real good at helping us walk it out because he knows each and every one of us on an individual basis. He has throughout his written word, the scriptures, he even gives us a pattern, I call them patterns, of, of how to approach. He'll tell us ahead of time, what people do or what groups of people do. And when we're paying attention and being still, the Holy Spirit will literally make it alive to you. So I don't know if we're going to look at Ephesians right now, but uh, for those who have Bibles, tablets, and phones, I'd like everyone to turn to the first chapter of the book of Proverbs. I want to show you one of the patterns that uh, can help us just in a practical way of if there's something we're facing, the Bible literally lays out whatever it is we're facing, and we and the Holy Spirit would make it a comparison. That is, he'll say, oh, you read that, but this is what you're seeing. And he has it in the first chapter of the book of Proverbs. And we're going to start looking at um, verse 7. And we're going to go down to verse 19 very slowly. 
All right, so that'll be Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 7. All right? Okay. So you guys can title this anything you want to, but this is a pattern for anything you may be facing, whether it's on the inside of you, meaning like a fear or hurt, a disappointment, a rejection, or you're facing a group of people, and a group of people is just, it could be at least two or more, and they want to entice you uh, by the way they twist words or they uh, bully you or you've been bullied or they talk about you because you get an A on your test every week in class or whatever you're facing. The Bible gives us examples of human interaction or human life. And even if it's written in King James, the Holy Spirit is real good at helping us to look at it and then, and and I'm, I'm going to use the word, analyze it. Oh, how is that compared to, what are you saying, Lord? Are you saying da-da-da here, all right? So I'm going to read it out of the King James very slowly. Okay, looking at verse 7 of chapter 1 of the book of Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. So here is Solomon's introduction by wisdom. This is how wisdom looks at a, at, at an issue. Verse 8, my son, hear the instruction. So he's still introducing, and then we're going to get into what it is that the first thing that wisdom wants to instruct us as youth or young people in the course of life. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be, so eight and nine go together, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Now, here comes what someone will do to us, whether Again, whether it's an art, somebody who's argumentative, always wants to put you down, wants to, uh, is envious against you, so they talk about you, they get their good old girls or good old boys club, and they gang up on you with words or they taunt you. Here is the beginning of the instructions of how to face these things and what to do. Verse 10, my son, if sinners entice you, do not turn towards it. It says consent, but do not turn towards it. And that means your attention. Right there. Don't turn your attention to it. Verse 11. If they say, so now there's words, come with us. Let us lay wait for blood. Now, this is in the King James. I don't have my amplified in front of me. Everywhere that the word blood is used here. Put in the word life, L-I-F-E, life. Let us lay wait for life, blood. And let's see, let me read this correctly, Andre. Turn the page. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Okay, to lurk. 
to be in a position to jump on, and you can do anything you want with jump on. Jump on with words, jump on with looks, jump on with lying, jump on them with slander, or say, oh, I thought you were so such and such. And so they're going to lurk on the innocent, and there's no cause for it. So these are what the enemy will use people to bring you down. And these are the stages that they're doing it. Verse 12, continuing, let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. The description of the pit here is not the pit of hell, but is to make the person think that they are in the pit of hell because there's going to be so much controversy, so much pressure put up against you that no matter which way you turn, you will feel as though you're caught in a place that you cannot climb out of. Verse 13, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Okay, symbolic. It can also be literal, but this is symbolic. When he says fill our houses, the things that matter most in life. So our houses can be filled with taking away their integrity, taking away their willpower or weakening it, taking away their stand for things that are right and just. And when they say fill their houses, that is to make the other person belittle would be our word. Make them feel small. This is a a two-way street. So when they are trying to make you feel small or you go, wow, how can I face that? You can face that because you belong to the Lord. Verse 14. Bill's trying to entice this young person. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. That's that's simply ganging up on that person. Anyway, slander, lying, bigotry, false witness, false, you know, bearing tales, saying they did something that they didn't do and they can't prove where they were in order so that that accusation wouldn't stick. Now, verse 14 is the, in, is the, um, is the, hear the instruction. Now, here's the wisdom part. So verses 10 through 14 is telling the motive of someone who wants to take you out, which would be the devil. The bottom line is the devil. From verse 15 to 19 is the observation how wisdom sees it. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. 
Refrain thy foot from their path, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Verse 17. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Now that phrase there, in the sight of any bird, Okay, we know birds fly, all right? So when it says to us here, make haste in 16 to shed blood, it's referring in 17 in the sight of any bird, anything that can take off by words to land and bring harm. It says, so that's from a little baby bird that's just hatched to a full-grown adult bird. It's saying that what they do will begin to hatch and take off, and you'll not be able to catch it. So that's where that—that's what that is saying. It's uh, saying that it—that surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. Wouldn't be able to stop if they once they start something against you, it's going to take off and fly. Verse 18, and, so the and goes with this, and they lay wait for their own blood. They lurk privily for their own lives. See, that word lurk is used twice so far. Verse 19, the conclusion. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. So. That's the sec- that's the wisdom part to tell you when you avoid listening to people who want to draw you away. And we'll start with the enemy. The enemy wants to draw you away from doing things that are right. He wants you to be selfish. He wants you to be self-centered. He wants you to take off. And, and when you say speak your mind, you speak your mind, but you don't have any grace. You're not giving grace to anybody. You're just, re- you're just running over them. Like a like a railroad train, you just run over them, and you won't you won't stop to hear their side. You out talk them, over talk them. You you keep objecting to whatever they're saying, and the Bible is simply saying these are the steps and the stages of those. If you want to hear instruction, listen to the instruction of how they will come to entice you and to draw you away, so that you can become part of their slander. You can become part of their gossip. You can become part of their downfall. And wisdom says, no, they're going to come this way to you. And this is just one of the many ways. There's other patterns, not just in the book of Proverbs, but uh, throughout the scriptures, God lays out how natural man, flesh, and then, of course, influence flesh by the enemy will come at you, come in groups, come in singulars, that is single persons, or they'll come by way of social media, they'll come by way of advertising, they'll come by way of rumors. And so one of the ways to approach that is to, when you hear it, weigh it to what you know is true. 
weigh it. Oh, God, did, God, you didn't say anything like this. Huh. And don't be wondering in your mind too long, because sometimes we'll, we tend to trail off and go, but they've always been nice to me. They've never said anything against me. I've never seen them do anything. And my goodness, they seem to get along with everybody. But why did they pick you out at this juncture in your life? So one of the ways to see how to face something that has reoccurred in your life is to see where the, where haven't you weighed that against what the word of God says, which is the word of God is truth, all truth, absolute truth. And again, ask Holy Spirit because he will tell you. He'll make it simple. He'll make it plain. He'll walk with you through it. He'll show you the strategy of how to get out of it, how to literally, see, you are an overcomer, but your overcoming is beginning from recognizing what has tried or has in, in past time kept you back, slowed you down, confused you, made you upset, irritated you, made you, you know, just kind of just withdraw. And God doesn't want all that. That's That happens in life because we're on this planet, but we don't have to live in it. So the Lord wants us to make up our mind. God, I need wisdom. I need your instruction. And he'll give it to you. But then again, you have to be tenacious. You don't want to go, oh, okay, God, what's next? Don't, uh-uh, uh-uh. You, he, you are a warrior. And believe me, on the inside of you, Jesus is a warrior. And he loves standing up and he loves conquering that which seems to want to overtake us. God is a great conqueror. And so in life, he gives us one another to help out, to pray, to we can discuss it. We can help one another, pray for one another. So he has, he has a method to his loveliness. So I would like to encourage you. The Lord is here to help you. I don't care what it is. It ain't anything outside of the things we can face on this planet. And Jesus will stand up on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit will stand up on the inside of you and and be shouting and say, this is the truth of the matter. This is the truth. He might tell you to speak it, sing it, dance it, be quiet about it, share, call somebody that you ain't talked to in a long time and found out that, find out that they needed what you've already walked through or are walking through. And as you speak to them, God gives you the answer for them, which becomes your answer. And God's done a double take on you. But give yourself a chance. Allow yourself to be healed. One of the terms in the Bible is to cry out. And there are times to cry out. There's nothing to be ashamed about. Because it is, a, it's, you're moving toward wisdom when you cry out. Because you're saying, God, ah, okay, what can we do about this now? And he'll encourage you. 
he will encourage. He even give you a song to sing that you ain't heard in a long time. And the melody will just overtake you in a way. Okay, we're going to stop here and I'm going to say questions, comments. Uh, Prophet, quick question. Go right here. Um, so I'm dealing with a person uh, who basically going through what you similarly said, where okay. I can see the defeat. I can see the hopelessness in this person. And in my heart of heart, I can only just pray and stand for her. But yes. That defeat, that feeling is also kind of trying to affect my way of seeing things. And um, I just, my question is how to see beyond uh, the defeat, see beyond the, see the victory that he already has or he has given us. Okay. Because, you know, in the midst of going through, um it's the 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 feeling is real right 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 i understand that it is going to be real i mean this is a real world real problems unfortunately a real devil <laughs> and real trouble yeah okay my my first question to you or to anyone uh first of all um it's good to know that you are standing and you are praying in behalf of the individual uh in in how i have been uh instructed in situations like this is uh do you yourself have a scriptural basis for as you're praying for this individual or have you asked the lord what scriptures shall i stand on to help this person have you done that um, Yes, uh, I don't have a basically a scripture, but I know where the the area to stand, which is how the Lord loves this person so very okay. much. Okay. And you know, he even though she or this person doesn't feel it, that that realness of his love is there. Okay. Yes. All right. So that's that's my first thing would be, um, and, and when I say scripture, I don't mean word for word. I mean, if you have, if the idea of it, for instance, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts but through the Holy Spirit. If you have a scripture or scriptures to stand on, then begin to apply them uh, for that individual, which again would be also for yourself. Number two, um, in the situation, um, Keep yourself separated from the actual, that is, the feeling or the sympathy or empathy of what the person is walking through, unless you know the Holy Spirit has assigned you it for that. And then you can take that because 
Jesus, who is our high priest, is the one who bears bears our infirmities. And if, he, if, if he's using you as an intercessor, then you may be bearing infirmities, but not the sense of you carrying them for you. It's that there's an identification that the Lord is using you in in this situation. So make sure that it's one thing and not the other, because I can understand that you may have great care for this individual but you also want it separated because that is not your call unless you are in, a mo- in, in that intercessional mode where that infirmity is being born by the Holy Spirit on the inside of you through God, but actually Jesus Christ. And if that's the case, no, no worries. But if it's not, then ask to be separated from that so that you will not be dragged into it. And that way you can uh, reflect it to God or another words of saying, God, uh, I seem to be drawn into this. Unless this is you, I'm taking this and releasing it to you right now. I'm only here to support, not to bear. So, so a translation of what you're saying is to discern the next instruction yes. from the Lord so yes. that we have clarity on what to do with Yes, our emotions and our freedom for our own freedom and their freedom too. Yes, right, right sir. Okay. <clears throat> Prophet, I wanted to ask a question also. Like, if you don't like you, if once you're already retired and you don't have like the, you know, the chance to be around a lot of people, and especially right now with the COVID and stuff, but within the family there's always problems and just you know your brothers your sisters your cousins whoever but in your in your family is it um because i know sometimes it bothers because i feel like the only people that i pray for a lot and i mean our church of course and the body but is family members you know and um but they're going through hard stuff you know and it is like you're saying when it's your family it, i feel like not i don't know if it's just because it's your family, because I feel bad for whoever's going through, but I don't know if it's like more, you get more involved because it's a family member and it's a close family member that's going through something and you're praying with them, you're standing with them, you're believing with them, you're fasting with them, you know, you're you're doing all the things that you think that you can do, but it doesn't make a difference to the Lord if it's just family and not people that are, I mean, the people, when you do see people, you always talk to them about the Lord and you always um, bring it up and how blessed we are. And, um, you, you, but it's not like the same closeness as it is somebody in your family. Is that not good or bad or, I mean, just really the same? Okay, you use the words good and bad. Um, when it comes to family, Josie, it's mm-hmm. good to pray for them. It's also good to always, 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 that's three always, ask the Lord, is this, is this what you care for me to do? So let's say at this juncture. 
through COVID-19. Let's, let's, let's just say you use those words. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't pray for them. I'm not even saying don't get involved. But check in with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Check in with them. I'm not saying your heart is not open to them. Check in with Jesus. Allow a freshness of him to come upon you, to strengthen you, to encourage you, to even give you new direction. He may even give you other means of how to how to care for those in the family um, that maybe you hadn't thought of so that it becomes fresh and not wear you out. I'm not saying don't pray for them, but uh, again, all things that we should do should have some basis in wisdom and discerning. Right. So so our energy, our natural energy (laughs) won't be drained. Now, if God, God makes it clear to you that I want you to pray for X, Y, Z, and A, then that's what you do. Okay. And ask him also, while you're getting that instruction, for the strength to endure so that you won't be discouraged after three months, five months, six weeks, whatever period of time. Ask Mm -hmm. him to strengthen you so that for endurance, because see, there's a stamina when it comes into praying for family members, actually for praying for anyone, but since family is right in your face. Mm -hmm. All right. And also, uh, inquire of the Lord if the person is serious, and I'm not saying they're not, but there are people who have ulterior motives and they hide it in things. So you you want to be lovingly discernible, right? And the Holy Spirit will again will show you those ins and outs. And uh, if they if the family happens to be your assignment for whatever period of time we're walking through, great. Mm-hmm. If not. It's still great. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, Prophet, can we get back to this? I feel like we got a little bit off on this Proverbs one. Um, but I did have a question when it talks about so you know, it talks about us understanding um, you know, hearing the instruction of our father. And don't forsake the law of our mother. Uh, and there'll be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. But then it also says, my son, if sinners entice you. He's basically saying don't consent. But then right. he gives us, he also gives us other things like, uh, if, you know, what they, they say, come do bad things with us. He says, let us swallow them up. Alive like Sheol, yeah, and whole to those who go down to the pit. And the way that I'm reading that is like this: us is that who's the us? Because it seems like he's talking about in reference towards me. Or well, okay. Remember, it's the other party trying to draw. Okay, Solomon's writing from the point of view of this. There's going to be a person or persons that are going to come up to you. So the let us is the person who already has his group is trying to get you to join their 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 campaign. Mm, so, Solomon, so Solomon is writing like 
these people are standing in front of you and they're saying, hey, John, let us, meaning you, John, join us, do this. Do the bad stuff, right? Pardon me? To do the bad, to join them oh, and yeah. do the bad stuff yeah. that they're doing. Yes. Because that's how I understood it, but I want to make sure now to start sure. getting to. Do you understand it that way, Brandon? I, I do, I do. Uh, it's mm-hmm. just it, the way it made it seem was like in reference towards power, as in there's more. I mean, I guess I took it a different way when I was reading it. All right. I was kind okay. of taking it from the from the perspective of who who this us is is Father God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit taking them to Sheol because it just didn't make sense the way that you were explaining it to them similarly now, but it, I guess it made it seem like. Since God's my defender, let him do this. And whether that us is his angels picking them up and taking them to Sheol, because it says it's also the grave, which is Sheol, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. And then it, it, the thing that really trips me out is because this term pit. Now, the pit that I'm aware of is that endless, bottomless pit. And that's what triggers my mind in thinking about okay. that. That's why. That's but, All right. Nope. Not a problem, sir. Not okay. a problem. All right. It's just that Solomon is writing and 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 that what he's writing is from the Spirit of God. And so because he says, my son, he's given an example of something in real in life that men that are influenced by the enemy would come up to him. So he said, when they say, let us, it's the people who mean harm coming to Solomon, the son, and saying, let us do this, let us do this, join in with us. And then in that, they um, they have a result. They want to take the life of the person and they want you to join in their endeavors to take the life of that person. So blood is representing life. And again, all this is symbolic language. Uh, and at this juncture, this is not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit on verse 12. It's the evil in these people that want to draw youth away from purpose to make them become as evil as they are. Hmm. Okay. And and in this, just so that I can understand what you're saying, because it's still not comprehending in my mind, who the us is and the them. Because if you have a them, you have multiple people rather than I. Does that make sense? That's why it's like it doesn't comprehend yet until you okay. clarify that part. Okay. Do, do you know who the them are? The them are the victims. The us, I'll say it this way, us is the devil, them are the victims. Ah, uh, okay. The us is the evil ones, the ones who Solomon is warning his son. Uh, David is warning Solomon that there are groups of people, whether they be from two to a million, that will come up to you and say, you know, 
we're going to knock over old, old, old Jenkins' place. Okay, so Jenkins is now the them that's going to be swallowed up, all the Jenkins. Jenkins' daughters, Jenkins' in-laws, Jenkins' wife, Jenkins' uh, brother-in-law, they all live on a 10-acre spread. These people are the Hatfields. They want to kill the Jenkins. So they're going to get all their neighbors and say, let us together go against the Jenkins. And that's the them. Mm. That clarifies it more. Thank you. Oh, no, you're welcome, sir. I'll keep at it until I can help you here. <laughs> Prophet Andre, I have a question. Go right here. Um, you briefly mentioned, you know, the importance of uh, crying out in prayer. Yes, I did. And yes. I just have a like a two-part question. When when is it completely necessary or a purpose to cry out? And also, how and in that in that midst of crying out or travailing, I guess you could also say, you know, do we not completely exhaust ourselves, whether it's spiritually or or naturally? Okay. Um, I don't know where the point of cry out is. I can tell you. I have done it, and not because I thought of it. Mm-hmm. I just did. All right, so I don't yeah, have same. a Yeah, same. It's like you just do it. You don't even right. think about the unction. The unction yeah. is there. Okay. Yes. Okay, that's the first part. Now the second part, or the second question, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, I, and again, I have to go with the experience, so bear with me. No, in, in the experience of crying out, it each case, and I think I probably have cried out five times, and I'm and I'm saying off the top of my head, only out of the five times was one time travail. Mm-hmm. Now that has nothing. I'm not even trying to put a percent. I know what the percentage is, but I'm not trying to put that a percentage on the, your question. Um, I found that I. I was not exhausted. I actually became in, I became strengthened rather than loss of 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 strength. Uh, but that was when the travail came. If I'm crying out, I do feel like all my energy went out in that cry out. I literally uh-huh. did cry out. I mean, I was in the room I'm in right now is, is the living room. I cried out in the living room. And I know neighbors heard it. Uh, And then after that, I felt a a release of whatever that cry out was. So the travail was only one out of five times for me. I'm not saying it's it's going to happen or it won't happen. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it was coming, by the way. (laughs) So the travail (laughs) caught me. Mm Mm-hmm. Could there also be a cry out where you're not literally crying out, but you just have like a continual, you just have this same ongoing continual prayer? Could that also be another form of crying out? out. Yes. Yes. Okay. Especially when it's Holy Spirit infused. Yes. Okay. Where you literally just find yourself like, oh, here we are again. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Thank you. Sure thing. 
Anyone else? The floor is open. You know when you said um, that that when they went to the pit, it wasn't the pit of hell, but it was on mine. It says the pit of death. But um, yeah, there's several different types of pits in the Bible. Uh huh. Okay. So the pit of death was they wanted to kill you, right? And yes. You're dead, yeah. and you're going to be put in the pit with dead people. Yeah. It also now remember it's a lot of symbolic language in the Bible. And I said this a few weeks ago, so I'm going to say it again. Remember, the Bible's not an American textbook. <laughs> it's an Eastern, it's Eastern thinking, very symbolic in its usage so that we can picture it or have a picture or envision what our Father is saying to us by way of the Holy Spirit. So pit may mean whatever it means to us in our English thinking, in our English imagination. But there is so much more in the Word of God when it comes down to the usage of the word pit, grave, things like that. It's, it's more meaningful because it is a daily life thing that the Bible is giving us. It's not just Speaking of tomorrow, yes, it does have prophecy. Yes, it speaks of times that are coming and times that have already passed. But God is so multiple usage in his words, in how he describes it. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in to help us uh, a lot. And the more we depend on him, the more we gain because his whole thing is for us to experience life and experience life with him, his guidance, his strength, his encouragement, his peace, not ours, his. And so um, don't let little words like that um, trip you up. That, and I don't mind the 99,000 translations that we have, just as long as you get it from the Holy Spirit too. Have him clarify it for you, um, and then and then continue on. Um, Prophet, go ahead. Um, can we talk about the beginning part about the fear of the Lord? Oh my God, you took my question, Billy. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> I was you mean, verse, you mean verse seven? Yes. Oh my God. Because. Because that seems to be the solution to uh, against all the the enemies trying to entice us or direct, redirect us and whatever the enemy wants to do. And then how do we use the fear of God to our advantage? That's my question. Wow. Jeez, How to use the Billy. fear of the Lord to our advantage. Oh, I could say it in one word, but I, I, I won't. That's, you just, I think you all want to know what the fear of the Lord is. Um, Proverbs gives about four or five um, definitions 
of the fear of the Lord. But the bottom line is this, and please hear me carefully. I'm, I'm going to give it to you Hebraically, that is out of the Hebrew, because it's so simple that it will make your hair curl. When it says in our English Bibles, when it says the fear of the Lord, it is referring to, now this is bottom line, everyone, bottom line, it's referring to worship of God or the worship of God. Amen. Because when we worship God, we have laid everything down. We've laid our mindset. We've laid our inadequacies. We've laid our fears. We've laid our joys. We've laid our disappointment. It's all laid down. Because we have given ourselves over to the worship of Almighty God. And that's what that phrase means. No matter how you want to read it in many of the translation books I have, in the Hebrew, it means the ultimate worship of God. It's unfortunately that the word fear in English has connotations that throws us off. But if you want the simplicity of that phrase, is simply the the uh, absolute worship of Almighty God. Once that is in play, then these are the rewards you get. And then the Bible gives us numbers, especially in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, rewards. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, that's two knowledges not one there's knowledge for how to function here on the planet like you have a gift of working with metal so you can work with you look at metal and god gives you like 95 ideas and you got to hurry up and get them down you have to get your little digital recorder and record god just said this about metal god said i can do this with metal that's knowledge and then there's the spiritual one that shows you insight on someone's situation or yours but it comes because you are a worshiper of almighty god so the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge the knowledge well, go go ahead no 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 you go ahead and then let me oh okay so whatever is needed in our life even right now, when you begin to worship the Lord, I mean in sincerity, whatever that is to you and for you, he will fill you with knowledge for that situation, which I call, my word is not just uh, knowledge, but strategy or strategic way to approach it. Number two, how to do it, that's wisdom. He will give it to you. James said, if any lack wisdom, let him ask of God. I say, Mr. James, not only ask of God, but when you begin to worship him, he knows you're asking him. Now, number two part that Billy asked was, how do we use it effectively? I answered that one. 
as you are worshiping him in the knowledge of the fear of the Lord, he gives you instruction. Again, out of Proverbs, he gives us instruction that we can function, that is, operate it, use it, move it out, uh, apply it. He gives it to us. So, fear the Lord is the worship of Almighty God, worship of the Son of God, worship of the Holy Spirit of God. That's the fear of the Lord. And out of that, out of it, he fills us with knowledge for what it, whatever we need. If there's a new invention that God wants on this planet, he wants to use us first. So you're saying is our worship is so powerful then, Prophet? Yes, sir. (laughs) If you, if I could, if I was an artist and I could draw it and show you what I've seen worship can do, you know, we we, we have these um, rockets that uh, are launched from Cape Canaveral to send a satellite up and they have to have these boosters and so much uh, liquid oxygen and nitrogen and all these uh, fuel mixtures. Well, someone had to actually sit and calculate that before those products ever came into existence. And then when the products came into existence, the formula was already ready, already in place. And to me, that's advanced knowledge. And then then they had to have the wisdom to put those chemicals together. And God wants to do that with us. He wants us, see, he wants us to be ahead of what's going on. He wants us, the word to be empowered is to be a worshiper. Go go ahead. Can I say something? Can I jump in? Hi, you guys. Billy, I would say something that I've been saying to you for the longest. Your greatest weapon is your your worship. And it's something that uh, you tend to overlook. And and, and I I would say to you, just like Takiya cries a lot, I think that's a place where you feel like you're in a weakened state, but you're in an elevated state in the spirit realm. And so... In the flesh, you may be weakened, but in the spirit realm, you are mighty powerful uh, in the things of God. And in that place of worship, God gives you insight into all things. But a lot of times it becomes a difficult place for all of us because it's a place that we have to deal with what's dealing with us. And the things that deals with us cannot stand in the place where the wisdom of God exists. Hopefully you guys getting that. And this is how the enemy keeps us out of this place. We can feel God pulling us into the place of worship. And and we tend to put it to the side. But if when he's calling us into that place, if we will lose all for the sake of the kingdom and for the sake of our relationship with God, we will always have the wisdom needed to mount up in all circumstance to be able to be victorious in the places in which we're desiring. But in our flesh, we let things stop us. And so the Holy Spirit says to me to say to you guys, 
what's hindering you? What's hindering you? You know, many of us ask for the Holy Spirit to come in, to be our comforter, to be our guide, to be our strength, to be our advocate. And when he tries to do just that, we put him off. But when we really say, Holy Spirit, be that comfort, that guide, the counselor, the advocate, we got to meet. And when he tugs on us, we got to begin to get into the position that he needs us to be in, in order to move in accordance to what he's calling for. I don't know why I'm going to Daniel's and the lion, Daniel and the lion's den, but the Lord then begins to remind me of Daniel and the lion den. Imagine if he didn't worship. Imagine if he didn't do what he needed to do when he was put in that den. Would he have been victorious? Would he have been able to withstand the fire that was coming at him? And God is trying to get us in positions because some of the things that's coming at us, he wants us to be victorious in it, but we have to prepare ourselves to be in that place. Again, you guys keep running after knowledge and God wants you to run after the tools that's needed to be able to stand up in the things in which you've learned. It makes me sometimes think maybe we should stop inviting profit because you grab so much knowledge, but you're not activating it. And we keep going through the same thing with profit. Use the wisdom to mount up in the things that God is giving you to stand in. Prophet, I'm here. Okay, I think that uh, tonight you are you are uh, talk about uh, one favorite my first uh, from the Prophet one seven. Actually, uh, the Lord, I have experience. I just want to share a little bit. I have experience uh, at the time like uh, before. I work always early morning because my backyard is so big, it's a lot tree, and I just something like hit me fear. And I think I memorized this one, and suddenly I just feel, I just say, uh, the fear of the Lord is beginning of the knowledge, but the fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then I tell him, hey fools, you don't have wisdom, get out from me. And I feel like something power come to me, and then something like the spirit like just gone. Okay. And, and I don't know, this is something like, it's so beautiful. Uh, speak like that sometimes, I don't know, something if I go to outside, something like want to make up me a little bit fear, touch my heart. And I just speak like uh, maybe, maybe sometimes maybe like look weird. But praise God, this uh, actually drop of one seven, if we uh, acknowledge uh but the way we speak or have power, this is real power. And I have experienced that one. I'm praise God for tonight you bring in this. So, <laughs> thank you. 
Oh, you're very welcome, and amen. (laughs) Everyone who's on the line, did you hear what Pastor said? This is the second week in a row. Yes. Yes. This is is Christianity is practical. That's easy. Practical Christianity. Practice. I mean, the word is adaptable. God has his basic... And we start there, and he walks us into what is waiting for us. And uh, my whole purpose of doing Proverbs was Proverbs is just one of the places where he has basic instruction where you can look at it, and the Holy Spirit will help you work it into whatever it is you need. That's not the only place in the Bible, but that's a simple one. He tells us to worship. Amen. And the funny part about it is not one person on this line that's listening is not a worshiper. Every single one of you guys are worshiper. He says, say to them this. He says, so much I have given you. He says, so much I am pouring into you. And then he just says, I need you to tap into me. I don't know what this means, but the Holy Spirit just began to show me something else. He he says to me, every single one of us has a vehicle. But when that vehicle gets in that place where it doesn't start, what do you do? You start analyzing what could possibly be wrong and then you start checking stuff. But the Lord said to me, the first thing you do is you consistently try to turn that key, right? You consistently try to make that make that vehicle work. So you'll keep turning the key, right? Mm-hmm. And God wants you to keep turning the key uh-huh. until you gain the wisdom that you're seeking. So when you put that key in that vehicle and it doesn't start, do you give up? You try it again, right? Sometimes you grab a hold of that steering wheel and you hold on to it even tighter as if you turn the key harder that that car is going to start, right? Right. And if you got one of them push button cars, you're going to keep pushing that button. And you're like, wait a minute, let me put my foot on this brake. Let me hold on to the steering wheel and let me try to push it to make it go and start. And what God is basically showing us 
is that's what he's looking for us to do, to keep turning the keys within the word in which he's serving us and allowing that word to begin to unite things on the inside of us that we may be victorious in the things he's calling for. Wow, I thought that was a beautiful way of uh, giving us an analogy. Got it? It just says, I want more for you. Prophet, I give it back to you. Well, I know this may sound strange, Pastor, but um, I, I've gone as far as, as I'm supposed to this, this evening. Okay. Let me see if I hear anything else. Hold on. And I apologize, you guys. I came in late, but it was something I needed to attend with. A new believer, and I couldn't. I I could not I'll delay it. Lord, is there anything for your people? Lord, I lift up every single one that's on this line right now, and those even have dropped off. I hear the Lord saying, may the wisdom that I have bestowed upon each of you prevail you to move mightily in the things in which I have destined for each one of you to walk in. May your feet be swept. And he says, and may you be able to stand and withstand Amen. the enemy in all things. Mm -hmm. He says, for I am with thee and I am for thee. And then I hear God said the Lord. So Brandon, I look to you to close us out in prayer. Okay, uh, uh, this is Dr. Manel. Um, 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this beautiful message that was ministered to all of us. May we continue to feed on it throughout this whole week, and may we continue to grow in the knowledge of you, and may we also actually walk out this week in all the wisdom that we have learned, and uh, we expect great reports for this next week and uh, awesome hearings from you, Holy Spirit, and things you're teaching us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Hey, Paul, welcome back. Amen. Thank you, Master. Mm-hmm. Hi, Dad. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.